welcome to the Behavior Chats podcast. I am your host, Meredith Molina. Join me as we explore topics related to ABA, autism, and everything in between. Whether you are a parent, educator, or practitioner, I hope these conversations provide insight and inspiration. Welcome, everybody. I am so, so glad you're here today. Today, we are diving into talking about parent support. And if you are a parent, this episode is still very much for you because this is what I coach all of my trainees on and how I approach parent support and how I would hope that any behavior analyst approaches parent support. So, I'm excited to jump in um, and just give some of my my own um, ideas and support ideas of how to be a better support to parents. I wasn't always, so I'm really looking forward to sharing this with you. Honestly, parents, I don't think you are given enough credit. I don't think parents are given enough credit in general, um, but especially in this field. Like, my goodness, parents do so much. And it is already difficult to be a parent. It can be very difficult to have a child with special needs and to be a parent of a child with special needs if you have other children. It just adds on, right? And um, I think what tends to get overlooked is that parents are doing work 24-7. Parents don't get a day off of parenting, right? No matter if they are on vacation, they're still parents, right? Parenting is a 24-7, 365 job. And honestly, there are the, the behavior analysis field is young. Behavior analysts tend to be young, not always. And a lot of behavior analysts aren't moms. Um, and a lot of RBTs aren't moms. There are some, um, but myself included, I'm not a parent. I'm not a mom. And so I think sometimes that can make understanding parents more difficult. I've spoken with a lot of BCBAs who are moms and they do have another understanding, right? They have a different level of understanding, a different way to connect with parents because they've been there. They understand the difficulties that it, that parenting can have, the, dif- the difficulties parenting can be, right? And so I, speaking totally for myself here, I was not always great with parents. I was not, parent support was also not my favorite thing that it is now. I love, love supporting parents um, because of what I've learned and how I've, how I've grown as a behavior analyst, but I wasn't always great. I, one of my favorite examples to think back and reflect on was when I was working at a school for autistic children and I was still young, like early, early twenties. Um, and (laughs) I had a parent who was in my very judgy, you know, 20 year old place, very overbearing. She was you know, her child could do no wrong. And she always was complaining about how the school and how the behavior people at the school and the teacher were doing everything wrong and, you know, harming her son and all these things. And it was really frustrating because what we were seeing at school 
did not align with that, right? Um, her child would, you know, kick his legs against the chair and he would bruise his legs. Um, he really enjoyed throwing and breaking objects. And sometimes he would throw things up in the air that would come down and land on him. And um, when we brought these concerns to her, she was like, nope, he does not do that. You guys are making this up. Um, what is happening? What's really happening? I want to see video. She was just very upset. And I didn't get it. I was like, oh my gosh, this parent is delusional. I was I was not kind. I was like, this parent is delusional. She clearly, like her son is wreaking havoc in this classroom and she thinks he's a perfect angel. And it was really frustrating. And my compassion and kindness had not yet developed, especially towards parents. And one day this mom came in, she's like, what's happened? Why is he covered in bruises? It was, it was the pickup time of the day. And we had just sent him out and she came back in with him, showing me these bruises on his legs. And uh, being the naive, young, non-parent behavior analyst that I was, I said, he's doing it to himself. I just kind of yelled at this mom. I'm like, he's doing it to himself. I don't know what you want us to do about it because you don't believe us. Well, um, that did not go well, as I'm sure you can imagine. And this mom lost it on me, rightfully so, rightfully so. And at the time, I was devastated. She really she really said some things that uh, hurt my feelings. And I, I was so, I just, oh my gosh, I keep saying this, but I was so young. Like, I just think back to that time, like, oh, Meredith, what were you doing? You naive little thing. Um, and it, I chuckle now because, oh my gosh, how I would have approached that situation so much differently today. But it's okay. You know what? I learned from that opportunity. My mentor, gosh, oh my goodness, God bless him because he so lovingly put me in my place and so kindly said, yo, <laughs> the parent is always right. Even when the parent's not right, they're the parent. And that is not how we talk to parents. That is not how we get parent buy-in. That is not at all going to make your life easier. And I was like, what do you mean? You know, I, I really just could not get my head wrapped around it. But I listened and we talked so much more about the parent relationship. And um, my mentor is a parent. My mentor is a dad. And so he understands very much what it's like. And I am so grateful for him because he really showed me how parents can be sometimes a challenging part of our job. And how can we work with parents so that they are not a challenging part of our job? And parents, I love you, okay? Sometimes um, we feel like parents can be a challenge, and sometimes it is challenging to work with parents because you love your children so much, we love your children so much, and we're all working for the same mission. And sometimes I think we lose sight of that and the fact that parents, you are the expert in your children. And so um, that makes it sometimes difficult for us as the experts in behavior to find common ground. So anyway, I digress on my little story, but just know I wasn't always that way. So what does parent support look like really? Um, well, when parents are supported, right, when they're truly supported as behavior analysts, 
we get more buy-in, right? Because they feel like they can do the things that we're asking them to do, which by the way, we're asking parents way more than other parents with non-disabled children or neurotypical children. We don't ask those things of them necessarily, right? Unless they come to us asking for help. So support can really look like making sure that you start by saying, this is not parent training, right? I think that, you know, I'm, I'm not big on changing the whole, all the language within ABA, but this is one that I'm really passionate about because it's not just changing language here. We're changing the meaning. We're changing the meaning of what's being said. When I say parent training, training means I am teaching you how to do or be something, right? And um, when you put those two together, I'm training or teaching you how to be a parent. Well, I don't think that sounds right. And I don't think if someone told me that as a parent that I would feel at all confident or good, I'd be like, well, I apparently I'm not doing parenting right and I need to be trained on how to do it, right? There's dog training and then there's parent training and what else, you know, for new hire training, like that insinuates that they don't know what they're doing. And guess what? Parents know what they're doing. And sometimes when they don't always know what they're doing, they still know what is best for their children. All right. Major speaking for majority here. And so that's what I start with. I always start by saying, Hey, parents, I'm not here to train you. I'm not here to teach you how to parent. I am not here to train you on how to parent better. I am simply here to first and foremost, support you. And secondly, I'm here to offer you tools for your toolbox. The one you already have that's full of amazing tools. I'm here to help offer you more tools or show you how you can use the tools that are in that box for all kinds of things and for the better. And I'm going to show you how the tools that you have can um, be really helpful for you. Right? So that's the first step to being a better parent supporter. I also really love asking about their journey. When I'm meeting a family for the first time, I like to say, what brought you here? (laughs) How did you get here? What was the process of diagnosis like for you? What was difficult for you? How long did you have to wait for diagnosis? What, how did you feel about diagnosis, right? What, what, where are we at? How did you get here? Where are you now? Um, And I learned so much. And I have, by asking that question, learned when parents may still have some denial or second thoughts about their child's diagnosis. I've learned when parents um, are exhausted and frustrated and have been asked so a litany of questions about all the things their children cannot do that they now are just devastated and uh, and feel like their child is not going to be able to ever live on their own or make progress because all that they've talked about since they've been through the diagnostic process is all of the deficits and difficulties and challenges that their child face every day. And gosh, how would you feel if that was the only thing that was being spoken about about you, about your child, or about someone you love? And so I always like to ask that question because it gives me more insight to how the parent is feeling and how I can better support them. I also love to ask parents, what supports do you have outside of therapies? 
who is supporting you? And honestly, the amount of times that I hear, um, I, I don't. We don't have any other support. It's me and my husband, or it's me and their grandmother, or you know, it's me and my wife. Whatever I hear, it's usually just that family unit. Sometimes I get a family who's like, oh yeah, we have aunts and uncles and all these people who are supportive. I have some friends. Sometimes they have that community, but I hear more often than not that so many of these parents don't have support outside of their therapies. They're alone or their support systems don't understand what's going on, so they can't support them. I I recently had a family who said, no, um, our child is so so severe. Their behavior is so severe that um, the, my family is afraid of them. They won't come over. They don't interact with my child and um, they won't, uh, you know, we can't go anywhere because we can't leave my child alone. And so that question also always opens my eyes to, okay, I am this mom's supporter. I am this dad's supporter. I have to be that person for them in many ways, which is a hard job, guys. <laughs> Behavior analysts, we do hard stuff because um, we're opening our hearts and our our practice to being that support for families. And that, I do believe, is a very big piece of being a compassionate behavior analyst because um, we we can be more effective in what we do when we're offering that support. I also like to ask questions about their values. Uh, I think that this is something we're getting a lot better at. And when we're creating goals for our clients is really making sure they're socially significant. And parents, if you're not sure what that means, that just means what's important to you and what is important to you for your child, in your community, in your culture, what matters most to you, because that is what we want to work on and focus on as behavior analysts. It's so important to us. And then showing your understanding or trying to understand their stress and hardships, the things that they want for their child. Um, Even if you don't understand, at least make that effort. Try to understand. Show them that you are trying to understand, which leads me into validate. Validate parents. Oh my gosh. I think this is actually probably one of the things I end up doing the most is offering validation to the parents that I work with. You are doing an amazing job. They, and they don't necessarily need me to tell them that, but I'll ask, when is the last time someone told you you're, you're an awesome mom? When is the last time someone thanked you for all the hard work you do for your family? You are making the right choices for your child. I give validating statements all of the time, and I notice when I'm not doing that enough because they will ask. Parents will ask me for validation. And they won't say, hey, can you validate this choice for me? But they may ask me things like, do you think this is right? Do you think I'm doing okay? Am I doing this right? They want to be validated. They want to know that they're doing a good job because so many people are telling them what they need to be doing differently and all the things that they've done wrong as a parent. They need us to come in and validate for them and say, yes, you are an amazing parent. Yes, you are making the right choices. Even if you end up making the wrong choice, you made the right choice that you knew best in that moment. You are doing the best you can as a parent, and every day that might look different, but you're doing it. Way to go. 
So I love validating parents. And um, (laughs) in fact, it ends up bringing me so much joy. And then they end up feeling like, yeah, I can do this. Yes, I am a good parent. And then guess what? They're more likely to do the hard thing that you're asking them to do to help their child. Remember, you are the expert in ABA, behavior analysts, okay? And parents, you're the experts in your children. Parents are the experts in their children. They always know what's best for their child, okay? Unless, of course, in the most extreme instances of abuse or neglect, parents know their children inside and out. And they're, goodness gracious, I've done a lot of research on development um, in infants, and there's so much... um, Moms actually have stem cells from their babies, sometimes for life, inside them. So mothers who were able to carry their own children have the stem cells from their child within them for life. And so they are most connected to their children. And even parents of adopted children, oh my goodness, that love is so great. And that love is so beautiful and they are so connected to that child because they fought so hard for that child. So no matter where a parent is coming from, they know what's best for those children and they're only trying to do what's best at all times. I also like to help parents learn to advocate. So if they've been through this totally rigorous and whatnot diagnostic process, they're trusting us as experts. They're trusting their doctors as experts. They're trusting their teacher, you know, their child's teacher or IEP team as the experts. And what can sometimes happen, and unfortunately I see this a lot, is they get rail, they get run over. They get, I was going to say rail run over. They get run over by all of this and being told what is right for their child. And so sometimes if a parent will come to me and be like, you know, the teacher said maybe they should do this, or um, my last BCBA said X, Y, Z, and I don't know, but they're the experts. I get that all the time, but they're the experts. Yes, absolutely. We Yes, we're experts at what we do for sure, but that doesn't mean that we know it all or that we always have the right answers. And so I say, advocate, like, yeah, like, well, tell me, tell me if something I'm doing isn't working for you. I need you to be upfront with me. If I'm asking you to do something that is just not doable for you, then it's not going to work. Because it needs to be something that's doable for you. So I always, I even start parents advocating to to me for their child and I help them build their trust in that so that when they go to the IEP meeting, when they go to the doctor's office, they can advocate. They can say, wait a minute, I don't, I don't want to do that for my child or wait, I know that this isn't really what's working best for my child. And because they've been able to do that during our parent sessions Hopefully they can do that. And if not, then I'm there to support them with that too. Let me write a list of questions to ask your doctor. Let's go to that IEP meeting and I can help you um, with questions to ask your IEP team. I don't need to advocate for you and your child. You can do that. I can support you in that. And I think that has just helped in so many ways um, give the parent more confidence in their parenting and again, validate their what's right for their child. And um, it ends up just, oh, gosh, get growing this parent in ways that I think are so, so necessary, especially when they have a child with special needs. Uh, 
recently to uh, a parent was asking me, you know, is I I really want to send my child to this school, but I don't, I don't know if it's the right choice. And so we talked through it and I was able to give them some thoughts of my own or, and help them come to their own conclusion of what's best for their child. And it was, it was just really wonderful to see. Another example of a time that I was able to support a parent or where I said, hey, this, if this isn't working, I need you to tell me. Um, this parent was also very attached to their child, kind, not in the I can do no, my child can do no wrong kind of way, but this parent had a really difficult time allowing their child to be upset. And um, if their child was showing any signs of distress, they immediately had to go comfort them. And that was kind of interfering with some of our programming and and it's okay to allow children to be upset every once in a while. And my techs were getting frustrated because mom would intervene before they had an opportunity to try and teach the child to ask for a break or um, to even tolerate the unwanted stimuli for just a couple minutes. And so I come to find out this parent just had a really low threshold, a low tolerance for um, for hearing their child upset. And so we talked about that. And I said, what is your current tolerance? Like if it's at zero, can we maybe try for two minutes? If you, you watch that clock and if at two minutes he's still upset, you jump in there. And if not, then yay, we've made progress. And actually over time, the parent was really able to see that sometimes her child could be upset for a couple minutes and then it was okay. And then her child was able to grow and learn how to self-advocate and to ask for a break and all the things. It was really awesome to see, but I had to meet that parent where they were. And they were at this point of my child cannot be upset. That is devastating to me. And um, while it was frustrating, we made it through. We were able to shape a little bit of everybody's behavior in order to get the desired outcome. So it is possible. Um, We just have to meet parents where they are. And so, you know, if a parent is getting in the way, right, sometimes that happens. Um, But we can set boundaries and ask clarifying questions like I did. What's your threshold? All right. Well, this is the goal we're working towards. How can we work towards this goal and support your need to be there for your child? How can I support you in making this easier? If this okay, you you can't um, you you can't tell your child X Y Z. That's fine. Let's let's re let's refigure this out. There is never a time when we can't find another way of doing something that will help that mom, help that dad, help that parent, and meet the child's goals. Because all along, you're still continuing to meet the family's values and validate the parent experience. Okay. Well, those are all of the things that I do. Um, It's just a list of things that I like to do to support parents. Um, I'm sure there's more things, but parents, please know that if your behavior analyst isn't doing these things, you can ask them to. You can be clear about your boundaries as a parent, about your thresholds, about what works for you, what doesn't work for you, and um, give give your behavior analyst feedback if it's needed. And behavior analysts, oh my gosh, please listen to your parents. Please make sure you're offering them that support. Um, and, and it's going to be a great collaborative partnership, right? Uh, you're really going to have that, that level of support that's going to make everybody really successful and reduce stress 
and increase quality of life, hopefully, and allow your RBTs to do their job. And it's it's just going to be a great relationship all around. So if you have any questions or comments, please reach out. My information is in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate or review the podcast and share it. I would love for you guys to share it if you enjoyed it and uh, let me know what your feedback is. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for being here.